You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Breath, the live drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. It's Thursday, May 13th. It's our lucky day. And uh, we're going to get into the Word of God together. That's what we do on Morning Breath. We read a chapter of the Bible, spend some time with the Lord. And then we come down here to the studio of the Merritt Island Campus East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. My co-host today is Pastor David Gammon. How are you doing, Pastor David? I am doing great. I am doing great. How are you doing, Pastor Dan? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. I tell you what, there is some good stuff today. I'm excited about our chapter. Oh, uh, yeah. There's some. Uh, there's actually some—it's uh, it's some great stuff, but there's some— uh, it's, I've always wondered about some of the stuff in this chapter, really asked the question and gone back and forth with like, well, what are you actually saying here, Lord? Yeah, it's just like when we did last week, when we do uh, Luke, I feel like in Luke's interviewing of the people to, to, to make his gospel, it's like, man, he really, really didn't pull any punches Mm-mm. for sure. So. This is a, this is a. The parable of the unjust steward in this one, I think, is really it makes you ask some questions. But anyway, um, I think we'll get into that in just a minute. Tell folks how they can be part of Morning Breath. So what we want, what we do, you know, we go to the chapter and we're going to talk about it. We're reading that full, we read it the morning of, we come to our Maryland location, and then we just talk about what God's breathed in our hearts. So we want you to be a part of that. And the best way is to get our app. Go to wherever you get your mobile device apps, put in East Coast Christian Center, get the app. On that, you have morning breath. You'll be able to follow right along with us. You also go to our website. You'll be able to follow along. You'll see a little uh, banner there with Pastor Dan's picture on it. I love saying that. <laughs> and uh, and then, uh, you know what? You can just call the church office, 321-452-1060. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just keep up to speed you know, with everything that's going on at the church. But also, it helps you with your uh, daily walk with Jesus. So. Yep. Yep. Anyway, we're so glad you have taken time out of your busy day to get into Morning Breath with us. We don't really have many announcements right now, what's going on. Mm -hmm. But we are saying uh, if you would like to come to church live, we would sure encourage you to do that. We think that uh, community, uh, we we always say we're better together. I think Pastor Matt said that at our our groundbreaking ceremony for the building in Mm Vieira, and it's true, we are better together. But, um, man, community is just so powerful and so important, and don't lose that because of a, a pandemic. Come on. Don't give up on the, the assembling together, Absolutely. which is the habit of some. Uh, some people have given up on assembly, and the Scripture dealt with that, Yep. you know, however many 2,000 years ago, and it's still true today. You need fellowship. You need community. And... Uh, the other thing I'd just say if you're out there listening, look, if we've hurt you, if a church has hurt you, um, we're sorry. Forgive mm-hmm. us. We are capable of hurting you. We're capable of falling short. We're capable of making mistakes. But you know what? It doesn't take anything away from the kingdom of God, the love of God, the life of God that God wants us to continue to display to one another. And I just encourage you uh, uh, to, to rise above that hurt. And to get involved in uh, in church and start going again. Come, Come on, on now. That's good stuff. I mean, I love it. I love it right there. I don't know what I would do without you know, us all getting together and, and pressing in. And Yeah, um, I, I'm actually, I've actually been looking at uh, some things about, uh, you know, the they do the State of the Union address, uh, you know, as presidents do it in, uh, for our country and where we're at. And 
I've been thinking about it from a aspect of looking at the church and the state of the church address. And I don't know that I've ever been more encouraged about the role and the future of the church in, in America, in the world today than I am today. And the more I think about it, when you, you know, just like your statement, Pastor David, I don't know what I do. You know, when you just look, I, I'll just look around this room right now. I've got two young men in here, one, one young man, one not, you know, not as quite as young with David, and then an old guy with me. And what's amazing is uh, I look at, let's say, Nick, who I watched him grow up in the church. Um, I watched him meet his wife. I will probably watch them have kids and, mm -hmm. you know, send their kids to college before it's over with. Um, I, I watch every good thing that's going on in Nick's life uh, has really focused around church. I look at your life. I see mm -hmm. the same thing. Oh, I'm a little further along now. You ha are married. You have four. 14, four, four children. Um, <laughs> like yeah. And uh, he, you, you know, your oldest now is eight. eight. Yeah. yeah. Eight years old. And before long, he'll be graduating high school. And I just look out there and I see this stuff going on. And every good thing I see in your life. Has, has been through, God has done through the church. Amen. And, uh, you know, you start thinking about the value of church in people's lives. When they really give it, give it up and get in with all their heart, it is amazing the life-giving strength that the church has in people's lives. And so am I encouraged about the church? Absolutely. And I can go on and on about it, and I'm not going to go on and on about it right now. But, I mean, the other thing about it is Jesus said, I will build my church. I don't think Jesus has changed his mind. No, I don't, I don't think, think he's, you know, drawn back. I don't think the the season of the church is going away. Yeah, we're in a post-Christian environment in America, and there's a lot more of that going on. But the church has been through this stuff before. Right. 1918, I think 25 million people died of the flu. Well, I mean— but The church made it. But, like, Rome was using Christians— as lamps, lanterns, <laughs> as yeah, street lights. Like, I would take a pandemic over that. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, but I'm just saying that the church, you know, Jesus said, I'll build my on. church and the gates of hell shall not prevail not over it. And I'll say one more thing I'm encouraged about the church. I'm just encouraged with how many young leaders are coming up in the church. Amen. You know, how many young leaders are stepping into their role and beginning to see the the kingdom of God established in their own lives and the lives of others around them. I'm super excited about the church. Anyway, there you have it. 31 verses. State of the church. State of the church. 31 verses. I guess we'll split it right down the middle, sort of. I'll tell you the first 15. Okay, then I'll take the back remainder. Yeah, that's 16. You get 16? <laughs> yeah, I got I 16. Get 15. All yeah. right. Well, then I say to you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that his man, that this man, excuse me, was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you could no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 50. 
Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write down 80. So the master commended the unjust servant because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him. Mm. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Until John the Baptist, the law of Moses, and the message of the prophets were your guides. But now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone is eager to get in. But that doesn't mean that the law has lost its force. It is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the smallest point of God's law to be overturned. For example, a man who divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery. And anyone who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. Jesus said, There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, who who lived each day in luxury. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried, and he went to the place of the dead. There, in torment, he saw Abraham in the far all in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in the flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you ever wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now here is, and so now here. Now he is here being comforted, and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here. No one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for there I have five brothers, and I want to warn them that they do not end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. Amen. Spoiler alert there at the end, last verse. Jesus is kind of foreshadowing, even if someone rises from the dead. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, so what what stood out to you in the chapter? I mean, I'm I've I've always wrestled a little bit with this uh, because of you know the guy basically was cheating his master, but then he gets a commendation for it. He definitely like tightens the bolts. Like like I think if if there was, it'd be like if I kind of went 
and I took a, a church roster, which I don't even know if we really have that on a level like most people think, and just started banging on doors saying, hey, you're not giving enough money this year. <laughs> give 80% more. Give 70% or do it. It would feel really, really bad. Yeah. Like, yeah this one <laughs> has always thrown me a little bit, but there's so much I think that we can learn from this. First of all, it says he was wasting his goods. But I think if you uh, – some translations say squandering. What translation were you reading? Uh, NLT. Read – what's a verse? Read first ver- the first verse from the chapter. Yeah, because it, defi- it definitely took me sideways too. Jesus told the story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day the report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. Okay. And so it appears to me – that he wasn't wasting it on other people because when he took the master's money and wasted it on other people, let them lower their bills, he got commended. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't have been doing that before this. He had to be wasting it another way. And I think there's proof here that uh, he he was wasting it on himself because um, – when he did it on other people, he got commended for it. So I think he's wasting on himself. And I think he was, what do you call it? Cooking the books or turning the books or right. baking the books or something. He's they, messing with the, yeah, he's budgeting the numbers for sure. He's budgeting numbers. Mum, 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 he's budgeting. Yeah. Anyway, he's messing with it and he's doing the wrong thing. But uh, so this guy is uh, self-centered, doing his own thing. And wasting the money, and what he doesn't understand is that money, and I'm going to say this, and you guys, if you're a Christian businessman out there, perk up your ears just for a minute. What most of us don't understand as Christian businessmen is we are under a different standard than, than people who are businessmen in the world. People who are businessmen in the world, are their number one priority is to run their business, make money, you know, maybe make jobs or, you know, provide for their families, all the things that are important and they're out there. But when you become a Christian businessman, your number one priority is building the kingdom of God. Come on. You might not like hearing that, but I'm going to speak the truth because the truth is super important. I was a Christian businessman, so I understand what I'm talking about here. And the truth is, all of our responsibilities and and and, Absolutely. and business doesn't like we all have to provide for our family. So I feel you on that, Pastor Dan. Yeah, you know, like, like say, so, wait a minute, my family comes before the church. Absolutely, they do, and there's no doubt there. But when you're a Christian businessman in the community, and God has put you in a place. To make money in the community, you've got to, first of all, remember, you're there to build the kingdom. Now, building your family is building the kingdom. Right. So don't get confused on that. I'm not saying your family's not important. If your family's not part of building the kingdom of God, you better back up further than that. You need to not worry about your Christian business. You better worry about your Christian family. Amen. But we cannot get away with what a worldly or natural businessman could get away with. They can go out there, have no thought for somebody else, work hard, make tons of money, and you wonder why in the world do they make it and I'm struggling as a Christian businessman. Well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, we we have to live by a higher standard. In other words, you do something wrong as a Christian businessman, your business doesn't get knocked as much as Christianity does. Yep. And so you put that little fish on the front door, you better have a higher standard than the guy down the street 
If you're fixing cars, every channel news story can come on there, check what your your estimates and what you're doing, and you better be honorable. Come on. And so we have a higher standard to live by. And if you don't choose to live by that higher standard, I would encourage you not to be a Christian, Christian businessman because we have a higher standard. And we have a standard for when we build wealth, what is it ultimately for? Come is on. it to build the kingdom? Yes, provide for your family. Please don't try to put that up there, but is it, you know, do you have a God-centered plan for building wealth as a Christian businessman? You better, because that is a, I believe it's a requirement if you're a Christian businessman to have a kingdom focus. But look, look as you see the tie in with Jesus speaking about wealth and the love of money, and the very next story yeah. that gets told is a wealthy man and a poor man. Here's what yeah. I, what really stands out to me. All right, and I don't know if anybody else noticed this listening, but the wealthy man took something with him to the afterlife. He took his mindset. Yeah. And look how his mindset was still this arrogant summoning Lazarus. Yeah. Who are you? Who are you to summon that By man? By the way, over you're here? in hell. Yeah. And you're t- still telling me what to do over here in Abraham's bosom. And a little bit, although asking, yet still, who are you to ask anything of who he would refer to as Father Abraham? Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, when people encountered Jesus now in the New Testament in the Gospels, they would throw themselves at his feet, saying, "Son of David," or. Son of God, Son of Adam, they would throw themselves out, show mercy upon us. Worship. He does nothing like that. Yeah. He's still giving commands. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I don't want a heart set where I feel like I'm above anybody in this world because my, our Jesus told us the greatest are the ones who serve, are the ones who, are, you want to be great, man, you got to kill that yeah. ego and that mindset. Yeah. So and and so here's the other thing I think he's bringing this out. He talks about business business management stewardship, and then he does share a story of a rich man and a poor man. Well, the poor man was out at the gate of the city, desiring for the scraps of this rich man's table, but he didn't get any, and he died. So what's that tell me about this? Quotes around a Christian businessman, rich man here. He wasn't concerned with the poor. Mm-mm. You know. <laughs> yeah. If you look at <laughs> Jesus' ministry, if you look at his ministry, he was very concerned with the poor. He would go right to him. But you know what, though? If, if Jesus was around today and, and, and we were his his events manager, we'd be like, no, 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 Jesus, you can't you can't go to Oakland. We need you to go to Los Angeles. Yeah. We can't have you go to outside. Don't go to Harlem. Go yeah. to Miami. Go to Miami. Yeah. And, and, you know, not a not, – uh, you know, Liberty City, we need you. Oh, come on. There, That's know, where I right? grew up. <laughs> right? We don't need you there. Liberty we City, we man. We need you with the, the big money in Miami. We need you to win over Florida. That's that. right. No. Little, little Havana and Liberty City, yeah. man. I grew up Opalaka, man. Those are my stomping grounds. But, yeah, we would. And that's because Jesus didn't – he didn't have a, uh, you know, a promotion mindset. Mm-mm. You know, in fact, when he'd heal somebody, he said, don't, don't tell anybody. Come on. You know, keep it keep it quiet. And uh we just want to encourage you today that there is a there's a mindset that's found in this chapter of uh of of understanding real money. Now money does prepare for the future, um, and it's it's a powerful thing that way. Um but it also is number one thing that God wants you to do with your wealth 
is, uh, is to, how can I say this where people don't freak out? In this chapter, this guy uses money to buy favor. He uses money to get in front of people and be able to not just be received, but be welcomed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that when people, you know, if you bless somebody and you help somebody and you're financially a blessing to them, I think that they, their ears are more open to you. Their hearts are more open to you. You, you know, it's just like when there's a kind benefactor, you know, uh, it's like old, old Scrooge at the end of the Christmas Carol, man, Bob Cratchit and his family, they were like, oh man, Scrooge, you're awesome. Come on. We, we want, we want you around us now. And we need people to want us around them so that we can share the gospel with them. And uh, what's also interesting in this story here is the master isn't in love with his money. Mm -mm. When the guy gives a bunch of it That's away, good. he goes, great job, man. That was cool. <laughs> well, he was collecting none before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said, that, that's awesome. I love the way you did that. That was really smart. <laughs> and, and this guy was in love with money, mm -hmm. the unjust servant. And he was struggling with how to handle money. And, but his master wasn't. And, uh, you know, I... I do think that unbelievers prepare for retirement better than believers. Amen. And so we've got to be careful with that. Um, but, you know, I could go on a lot more with this, but, you know, this, was, money's a big deal in this chapter. It is. I was actually going to say this, and this comes from my heart, people. Nobody, We don't have a script here. We don't <laughs> have a script. Don't trust me on that. Yeah. Maybe we should some days. But uh, yeah. I took my son for a walk. We played a little baseball yesterday, just him and I, and then we're going to go check the mail, and we're walking down to our, where our mailbox is at. And I told him, I said, hey, man, I'm thinking about selling a, our GNU and giving it to the building project. That's what you think about that, son. And I asked him strategically because, you know, I want him to know that that's important. And he looks at me and goes, but, Daddy, what would we fish in then? What would we fish with? And I was like, well, I think it's important to build the church, and the church is, is pressing in. And he's like, well, well, why? And I tell him, I said, well, the church built our house and our family. And I was like, if we're all pulling in, let's all pull in together and we'll just trust God with what we have. And, you know, we have to teach people. We oh, have to yeah. teach the next generation. Of course, he's still like walking and pondering and processing because he's like, oh, yeah. he's a processor. And, and, and he's like, let's do it. Let's do it. And he's, <laughs> like, and he's it. like, you know, and he's he's moving in that direction. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling like, oh, this wrestle in your heart, you just might need to learn the goodness of God. Come the, on. You preached a while ago, taste and see yes. that God is good. Yeah. And it's not, you know, this shouldn't be just a fearless thing for everybody to, to throw off the chains of money. Yeah. But it is something you have to be taught and learn. Well, man, we actually got to jump and take a break. We'll be right back. I guess I'm good after the break. I'm going to get you. All See right. you in a minute. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. 
Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Well, you guys, I know you love me. Uh, at least some of you do. Anyway, uh, I'm going to hit you with something now. You've really got to hang on to your hat here just for a minute. I'm going to say this. If you can't get the money thing right, what can you get right? Mm. The Bible says here in verse 11, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you to trust true riches? If you've not been faithful, what is another man's? What do you mean another man's? Well, everything you have is God's, and you're just a steward. And so are you faithful with what you have as a, as a steward of God? Do you consult That's your true. wallet on what you give, or do you consult God on what you give? Uh, this is tough stuff. I understand. I believe money is a thermometer, and money actually shows how you use money. Actually, shows your priorities, your love, and uh, things going on in your life. 
And the truth is God is blesses us to be able to have impact in the kingdom of God in others' lives. And until you really see that and until you get this money thing right, I uh, just want to encourage you, man, it's, it, you're not going to be experiencing all that you can of the kingdom of God, Amen. all the joy, all the fulfillment, all the life-giving, wonderful stuff that you can experience. So I just want to encourage you in that area. Amen. Anything Amen. you want to add to that, Pastor David? I would just say— you got to fix it now. Yeah, I guess bust no everybody in the chin. Yeah, I was going to say, don't take this journey alone, guys. Yeah. You know, don't take this journey alone. Yeah, get back in church. Get back in yep. fellowship. Get back in there where you've got other people challenging you. Uh, com- you know, you can actually get in there with people. As iron sharpens iron, so on. one man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Don't give me that sharp look, Nick. <laughs> See you, guys. God bless you, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.